Stephen Jones joining us now on 105.3 The Fan. Good afternoon, sir. How you doing? I'm doing good, guys. How you doing? Oh, we're doing great. We're getting excited about this thing. Now, you guys, uh, you guys getting ready to stick to your fundamentals whole way through, trust the process and all that? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, we're, we're finishing up a few small details, but overall we've done the uh, heavy lifting and, uh, you know, I think we feel good about everything. Obviously it's a little different when you don't, don't feel like you're going to be participating uh, Thursday night. But uh, as we said, we're so thrilled uh, with, uh, the pick we made, which was Amari, and uh, we'll just uh, kind of ride it out there Thursday night and then uh, be be uh, down to, as you said, our fundamentals, our blocking and tackling, and uh, be ready to uh, have a good draft. It, it might be, end up being one of the greatest trades because, you know, if you look at wh- what the team was doing before then and would you have had an opportunity to get one now, you could have built this incredible roster and had it he- all held up and held hostage by the fact you didn't have anybody out there that could get the ball on the level that Cooper does? Well, there's no question. And uh, I just don't think, uh, uh, you know, when we look at the draft and what might be there, I, I just don't think there's a player of that caliber. And especially where we're picking uh, there late in the uh, rounds, uh, would be late in the first round here. Uh, I just think you're going to be hard-pressed to find anybody that would have made a difference in our roster like Amari made last year and like we feel like he's going to make uh, as we move forward. So when you talk about uh, you know sticking to the fundamentals, are, are, are there draft picks that have happened in the recent history that you didn't do that and kind of gave you a reminder that this is really important uh, to make sure we you know execute each and every one of our picks as they come through? You know, that's a hard thing to say. Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Uh, uh, I think, you know, especially early. I mean, you might could say that maybe uh, later where you might uh, uh, get too cute with a pick. But uh, as far as early on, I think we've just done a good job. And, you know, we're actually we're going over some of that uh, here the last couple of days in terms of, uh, you know, what might, what might be there. Uh, they're in the bottom of the second round in terms of, uh, the type of player that could be there and how we want to go about that and, uh, you know, how we're going to measure uh, what we should do with that pick. As I think Jerry mentioned, you know, sometimes, you know, late in that second round you can get tempted uh, with some of the picks that have worked out for us in the past. Some of them haven't. But uh, look at a Sean Lee there who, uh, you know, who had slipped uh, because of injury. Uh, those type of things, you know, can show up. Uh, late in the second round, and we'll certainly have to measure that versus what's uh, available in terms of your normal healthy players are going to come in here and go to work. And hopefully, uh, you know, as I mentioned, you, you'd like to hope you're getting a, a starter there when you pick in the second round. And certainly uh, with the talent on this team, that's going to be difficult to do. But you certainly want someone who's going to really uh, contribute and uh, hopefully play a role in helping us win football games. How many positions do you think that you guys have on the team right now where if the right player made it that you could be drafting a starter? Well, it's you know that's uh, hard to say because we got uh, starters uh, kind of across the board out there that were starters last year, so you don't want to single any one place out. But I feel like there's a couple of spots if you were to uh, get the right player uh, that a guy could step in as a rookie, and you know maybe if he didn't start, he could uh, sure contribute uh, in a big way for us. When you look, uh, Stephen, at when you guys, uh, you know, acquired the team, bought the team, you guys hired Jimmy Johnson, a college coach. So he had recruited a lot of the kids out of high school and then coached against the kids or with the kids in college. I'm just wondering, 
How big of an advantage was that for you guys? And the reason I bring that up is because Cliff Kingsbury is now the coach of the Arizona Cardinals. He has the first overall pick. How much of an advantage do you think it is when you hire a college coach and then you have somewhat of premium picks in the draft? Well, I think, you know, when you've played with them, watched them on tape, uh, you've played with some of the players. Obviously, Jimmy came from a top-notch program where a lot of players were getting drafted from, and we drafted several of them. Uh, there in Miami, and then, of course, he was playing against some of the best ones in the country and had already, if you will, scouted them as he prepared to play those teams and certainly had recruited a lot of those guys uh, uh, in his years down at Miami. So, you know, I I do think it's helpful. I mean, it certainly doesn't hurt, and uh, certainly Cliff will uh, have that going for him down in Arizona in terms of his knowledge of uh, from players he's recruited to players that he's coached to players that he coached against. Uh, I think can only be a positive, and uh, it should be helpful to him. I feel like at the end of the day it was very helpful for us, uh, not only you know from Jimmy's standpoint, but his staff. He pretty much brought his staff from uh, Miami, and they were all uh, very knowledgeable of uh, a lot of the players that were eligible for the draft. So I think that's a plus. And who are they picking there at number one? I wish I knew. I don't. I don't think I'm. I'm friends with Cliff. He actually recruited my son last year, and I got to know him even better and have so much respect for him in terms of uh, what he uh, what he can be as a head coach for the Cardinals. And uh, but uh, you know, we're you're good friends with a lot of uh, a lot of people, a lot of men around the league that uh, certainly aren't going to share those types of things with you. So I know John Steven didn't get to play a lot of snaps last year at Arkansas, but he had to study all the SEC teams and their defenses, and obviously there's usually great defensive players coming out of the SEC. Do you uh, talk to him at all and say, hey, what did you see from this player or that player, guys that you are kind of interested in? Not only, uh, you know, there's a couple of guys from Arkansas coming out that are going to get picked, uh, Greenlaw and Froholt and a couple others, and so he's obviously lived with those guys and, uh, knows them very well, and then of course uh, played against some great, great players uh, uh, around the SEC. And it's always fun to uh, interact with him. And uh, matter of fact, I spent it was his birthday this weekend. Spent the weekend with him, and I was going over our draft board with him, and uh, he had some good insight into some of those guys. So, with the story, was that earlier this week or last week? I get my days lost. It was Friday. Uh, uh, when Mayock and Gruden, the report was they sent all the scouts home, and it sounds like there will probably be turnover there, so that might make sense. But I'm sure you guys are always trying to figure out what other teams are going to do because it can affect you, and they're trying to figure out what you're going to do. Do you guys protect your information in any way from the guys in your organization? Is it limited to a few people seeing your guys' draft board? When we put our final board up, it's a little more limited than uh, everybody that's sitting in the room while we're doing uh, the actual reports. But, uh, you know, they know the grades in general. Uh, it's a, you know, it's, it's a group contribution and everybody has input and insight and they have a, uh, you know, a decent feel as to where our, how our board's going to line up. But, uh, you know, we also have a lot of confidence that people – uh, and our people that they're going to do the right things. Now, have we ever had people who share information with uh, others, whether it be media or other people around the league? Uh, I'm sure that may have happened, but uh, uh, I just, uh, you know, I don't know that I can directly correlate where it really, uh, really uh, caught us, but uh, I may not be aware of some incidences. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's really hard to, 
uh, get into figuring, especially when you get down there uh, where we're going to pick in the bottom of the second. Uh, you can drive yourself crazy thinking, uh, trying to think of, uh, you know, 50-plus players that are going to be picked before you pick. And, you know, as you start to go later in the draft, obviously uh, the way people evaluate and the way they feel about players really starts to uh, vary as, as you get later uh, and as the draft goes on. Stephen, I'm not exactly sure uh, how much exactly you can uh, comment on, but I'm wondering how big of an issue is a a 40 time with a guy like the strong safety uh, Taylor Rapp there in general for a guy that would be playing box safety? Would he come in at 4-7 or something like that? Is that an eliminator in your guys' eyes, or do you think that's plenty fast to play in there? No, I don't think anything's an eliminator. You you put more stock in the tape now. You know, certainly you look at it and you're aware of it. And, uh, you know, some positions are, as you said, it's more terminal than others in terms of a, a 40 time. And you certainly want to know, you know, you know, were there certain conditions? Was he healthy? Uh, all the things that can go into a 40. Some guys are, you know, that's just a, their makeup. They're going to run. They're going to do what's asked of them in a workout. And then there's other players who, uh, you know, if they're dinged a little bit, uh, their agents will advise them not to run. So, you know, you, at the end of the day, you rely heavily on how, uh, you know, a player plays on tape, especially when they play, you know, in the power uh, conferences. Uh, you know, they're playing against fast people, and uh, you're able to see how they uh, compete with uh, – you know, in this particular case, other teams' receivers and tight ends and backs and, you know, his uh, speed seemed to be an issue there. And you, you certainly get at peace with uh, where you think uh, how that 40 time should affect their grade. So these days, Stephen, there are about a million mock drafts from a million different people. Do you guys pay attention to them at all? Like I know Rick Goslin's NFL people used to pay attention to, but now that there's so many people out there doing so much, do you guys worry about it at all? Yeah, I mean, you look at them. Uh, you're curious, but I don't know that it uh, really affects your strategy at the end of the day. I mean, you you know, you have a consen- you know consensus that you can put into these computers, and you know, you can see where these guys are going to be picked. We obviously run mock drafts, uh, you know, that the computer picks for you, which has you know dozens of mock drafts plugged into it, and uh, they give you kind of a consensus. Uh, situation so you can see who might still be sitting there and you know go through some exercises of you know if these four or five guys are there and we certainly have uh, grades that would match up you know second round type grades that would match up uh, uh, you know with those players then you know you go through the exercise of you know who you'd pick and why and uh, you know is that is that the right thing for for our team and uh, all those type of situations so yeah I'd say mock drafts wait and uh, in some shape, form, or fashion. But it's, uh, you know, it's at the end of the day, what you're really going to do is you're just trying to prepare and go through exercises that will prepare you for making a good decision when it actually comes to you and you have a, uh, you know, you hope it's three or four players. Hopefully it's not just one or two that, uh, you know, you can make a good uh, sound decision on who we ought to pick for our team. And I remember the when you guys had the Taco Charlton pick and there was a lot of talk locally about T.J. Watt, and I don't believe uh, some people out there thought that he could be a hand-on-the-ground player. There's kind of a similar player on tape to me anyway, Chase Winovich at Michigan, and I'm just curious. Do you guys view him as a guy who can play with his hand on the ground? You know, uh, I think so. I mean, you don't ever just totally discount that a guy can put his hand on the ground. Uh, I think uh, – 
you know, usually if they've got the right football character and makeup uh, and depends on the situation you're putting them in, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the pass rush versus, uh, you know, putting them in a six technique or something where it requires a little more uh, lead in their ass, if you will. But, uh, um, you know, all those things come into play when you're evaluating and, uh, you know, it just depends on whether you're seeing the guy as a situational pass rusher and every down player. Uh, those two are all things that you look at. And certainly, as we know, this day and time, uh, situational pass rushers and getting pressure on the passer are important. And uh, uh, you can put as much value on those guys as you do uh, uh, an every down player. And as you know, Rod loves to rotate our uh, our defensive linemen. Uh, we love to dress eight and uh, love for those eight to get a lot of uh, – uh, a lot of reps. Uh, if you're up and dressed, uh, we want to use them. And uh, certainly the way, uh, you know, where Rod sets the bar in terms of uh, uh, the way they play, uh, you know, it's hard for a defensive lineman in Rod's scheme to play uh, 65, 70 snaps. So all that's important and goes into uh, the decision making. I know they're both very important to a football team, but if you had to put them in order, do you guys value coverage or pass rush more? <laughs> That's kind of like the chicken and the egg, but uh, probably at the end of the day, I think it's really harder to get the unique uh, edge player. Uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, there's a, you know, I think you can find uh, cover guys out there. Now there's obviously super unique coverage guys, uh, you know, like a Deion Sanders, uh, you know, that have come through our league uh, that are rare, uh, that obviously get valued at the top of the draft. But uh I would say in general that the edge player is probably a little harder to find and uh, probably has a little more value. Uh, if you look at how they're paid in our league, what top corners make versus what top edge players make, uh, the edge player, the pass rusher is going to make more than the, than the top corner. Now, uh, speaking of unique pass rusher, I don't know if this is quite how you meant it, but uh, Jalen Ferguson there at Louisiana Tech with the most sacks ever in college, but looking at his ag- agility drills, that had to be amongst the the worst results ever. So, what what, it, what is possible when when you're looking at Jalen Ferguson? Do you think he's going to have success at the next level? You know, I hate to get into talking about these individuals before uh, the draft, and uh, they all work hard. And certainly, his production speaks for itself. Uh, certainly, plays for a, you know he's not a, in a power conference, and uh, where he's going against. Uh, you know, some of the same competition, if you will, the SEC goes against. But, uh, you know, you don't discount pressure and you don't put everything. Uh, the tape at the end of the day is the number one barometer uh, in our mind as to how you evaluate a player. And certainly he's productive in the tape and uh, you, you have to give him his due for that. And uh, I think he's going to be a productive player in the NFL. Thank you so much for your time here in such an important week. We appreciate you, man. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. There he goes. Steven Jones with us here on your home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan.